Welcome, everybody. We are so glad you are joining us again here, and we are going to continue on in our series with looking at the parables and a few parables that we've been teaching on, and uh, we're going to get into that for just a, in just a moment, but I wanted to share with you guys a story. I, I believe it's true. I believe this is a true story. Um, there was a young... <laughs> why are you guys laughing? There was a young fourth grader and he's getting ready to go to school. It's his birthday. He wants to celebrate his birthday. He wants to bring some cupcakes with him to his class. But unfortunately, it, he was in crutches. He had sprained his ankle. He's in crutches. He can't carry, you know, his cupcakes to school. So the father, his dad, asked his younger third grade brother to help him. He said, hey, Joey, would you mind helping Bobby, you know, carry his uh, cupcakes to school? He's hurting. He's on his crutches. He wants to celebrate. Would you be willing to help out your brother and do that? And Joey looks at his dad and he says, you know, actually, dad, I'd rather not do that. And his dad, you know, kind of looking for a teachable moment here. He said, hey, Joey, uh, why is that? Uh, let me ask you a question. What do you think Jesus would do in this situation? Joey kind of scratches his head and he looks at his dad and he says, well, dad, actually, I think I think Jesus would heal Bobby so he could carry his own cupcakes. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true, but I think that's a good fourth grade perspective. Amen? So just a little fun before we get started. And uh, I, thought, I, I thought that was uh, funny. So we're going to look at the parable in Matthew chapter 25 today, verses 1 through 13. This is known uh, as the parable of the ten virgins, and I'm going to share with you some of those thoughts and I'd like to read it first with you. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. And then we're going to break, break into that and, and start to look at that. So here we go. Verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, thoughtless, silly, careless. And five were wise, farsighted, practical, and sensible. For when the foolish took their lamps, they did not take any extra oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil along with their lamps. Now while the bridegroom was delayed, they all began to nod off and they fell asleep. But at midnight, there was a shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and put their own lamps in order, trimmed the wicks and added oil and lit them. But the foolish virgins said to the wise, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, otherwise there would not be enough for us and for you. Go instead to the dealers and buy oil for yourselves. But while they were going away to buy oil, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast and the door was shut and locked. Later the others came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, I do not know you. We have no relationship. Therefore, be on the alert, be prepared and ready, for you do not know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man will come. Man, that's just such a great parable. And again, we are in a series called Endgame. And so we are talking about parables that help us to understand the end times. We have said before, there's really no way that we can know exactly what the end times 
uh, entail in terms of the exact day and time, and the Lord doesn't really want us to know. He says the times and the epics are for the Father. It's not for us. But we can be ready. We can be prepared. We can be anxiously awaiting that day. Amen? It's not something we should be afraid of. It's not something that we should be alarmed about. And I believe as we've been teaching these parables, that was our heart as we've looked at this the best we can to say in so many words, man, this is what the Lord is saying so we can be prepared. So the main point about this parable is being prepared. It's being prepared. And so there's a few points I want to share with you about that. The first one is this. Being prepared is about relationship. It's really about relationship. Notice how he says near the end of this parable, I never knew you. I didn't have a relationship with you. Now, this is the separation that Pastor Dan was teaching about several weeks ago, uh, Pastor DJ, Janelle, myself. There is going to be a day when there is a separation, and we don't have to be alarmed by that, right? We don't have to be caught up in what this world is worried about and or, or uh, afraid of. We are in this world, and we want to be a witness to this world, and love them and point them to Jesus, but we simply do not have to be caught up in all the fear and turmoil that we're seeing all around with all the different voices, right? Jesus is saying, I'm wanting you to be prepared. And the beautiful part about this is, is this. There's, this is an interesting thing as I started to look at this, and you guys, I encourage you, study it out yourself, think about this, but the number 10 is very interesting. The number 10 represents some very interesting thing. It's a symbol of harmony, perfection, and creation. In other words, what I believe Jesus is saying in this particular parable is this is a beautiful picture of when the bride will meet and be awaiting the bridegroom, the Lord, and being in a place where we are excited and ready and filled with the Holy Spirit and anxiously looking forward to that day, not caught up in the fear and turmoil that we see all around us. There is going to be a marriage celebration one day that will be the greatest marriage celebration ever, right? And that's what I think his picture is. Man, be ready. Don't be foolish. Don't be caught up in all these different things that it's so easy for us to, to do. In Jesus' time, the, the best I can understand it is the virgins here would be attending the bride, and they would be waiting for the appearance of the bridegroom, and there was a sense of holiness and excitement, and they would literally walk and attend the bride to the bridegroom's home and enter into this marriage celebration. That's what he's talking about. And so he wants us to be prepared. So number one, being prepared is about relationship. The second point I want to share with you is being prepared is about attitude. I want to read you a scripture from 2 Timothy, and this is uh, Paul speaking here, and this is a, a reminder. This is a, a picture of, of Paul and his heart about being ready, and this is taken out of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. And Paul says this, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. 
I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Man, that's, that's what I want to be able to declare when I'm ready to depart this world. This, this particular book, Paul, uh, is going to be leaving us. He knows that. He's going to die, and I believe he, as he says down in verse 9, the next verse, make every effort to come to me, to Timothy. In other words, my time is coming to an end. Well, you know what? He said, I am ready for that. I have fought the good fight. I am waiting for what the Lord has for me. And that's what I believe the Lord is saying through this, man. Be ready. We don't have to be afraid. Guys, we don't have to be tur turned into, you know, all the, the different voices and fearful, caught up in it. We can be loving the appearance of Jesus with an attitude of our heart that says, come, Lord, come, Lord. I'm excited. And during this time, we literally have a chance to join with many others and point as many people as we can to the Lord based on this excitement, based on this love, based on this preparation. It's super encouraging. In Hebrews, I want to read you another verse in relation to this idea of being ready. Paul, uh, no, I don't know about Paul, excuse me. I don't know who wrote Hebrews. There's many, there's debate over that, right? I better be careful. I don't know. I think it could have been Paul, but who knows? Here's the point, though. In chapter 9, he says something in relation to this, and uh, I want to pick it up here in verse 28. So Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. Man, what a wonderful promise. What a wonderful thing. So the second point, being prepared, is about our attitude. And it should be one of being anxiously waiting in love and excitement for our Lord, knowing that he... Uh, he has some amazing things in store for us. The third point I want to make is this. Being prepared is about having wisdom. Now, this wisdom is really from the Holy Spirit. It's from the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing, guys. Only we can get the Holy Spirit from the Lord, who He is the only one who can give it to us. This is not something that we can get from others. And that's what these virgins that were considered foolish, that Jesus said are foolish... They were thinking, in one sense, that they could somehow get the Holy Spirit from somebody else. They didn't have that relationship. They didn't have that, and they thought they could get it from somewhere else other than the Lord himself. That's why I believe he said, I never knew you. We don't have to be caught in that position. There are many people out in the world that don't know the Lord, and we want to tell them the truth. Man, it's about a relationship with him. It's not about all the stuff and the religious garments that we want to put on and doing all these things for the Lord. Those things are important when it comes out of that relationship, right? So I think that's what Jesus is saying. We don't want to be foolish. You know, this, uh, this word, foolish, is actually an interesting one. It's where we get our word moron from <laughs> or moronic. It means, it means uh, dull in understanding or brainless. See, in, in one sense, and this is talking about spiritual things, and in, in really in that 
in that context. There are people out there that are brainless to the spiritual things. And the Lord, I believe, is saying, man, as we're ready and we're excited for him to return, we can share his love out of this relationship with a foolish generation to spiritual things so that they can become wise. They can have the Holy Spirit. They can be changed. Five were foolish. Five were prudent. This word is the Greek word, uh, I believe it's called, it's pronounced friend. It's personal perspective regulating outward behavior. It finds its root actually in the English word diaphragm, which controls key body functions. And here's it. Here's the key. From the inside out. From the inside out. I believe the Lord is giving us insight that this is from the Holy Spirit. In other words, this is wisdom from the Holy Spirit. While the Holy Spirit indwells all believers, none can give their oil to someone else. It just can't happen. Each person must seek and find the Lord for himself or herself. And I believe that's the issue of one of the issues of this parable that Jesus is trying to share with his disciples. The foolish are those who think someone else can give them oil. Somehow their religious activities are going to be enough, but it's not. Only the Holy Spirit can do that through a relationship. It's really, really powerful. The fourth point I want to make here is this. Being prepared is about now. It's about now. This is a time when we are being given a chance by the Lord, I believe with all my heart, to to deal with some things, to, to actually look at our hearts and look at what's really down in there and know that the Lord is ready with new mercy, with new love, to to show us his ways, and we can deal with it. It's about now. Now is the time to come to him to get some of these things dealt with in our lives and in our hearts. His mercies are new every morning. Look at Lamentations chapter 3. I want to look at that real quick. I want to show you something there. And this is such a powerful picture because it's literally saying to us in so many words, man, his mercies are new every day. And when we read these words, when I read these words to you, I want us to take a moment to, to think about what's, where we're at, what's in our hearts. This is Lamentations chapter, 20, chapter 3, excuse me, verses 21 through 26. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he should bear the yoke in his youth. In other words, his mercies are new every morning. And that's what I believe he's saying. We can come to him And we can literally, as it says in the book of Revelation, we can buy from him. We can buy from him certain things. Look with me, if you would, at the book of Isaiah chapter 55. And he picks up with the same same thought. Now is the time when we can deal with some of these things. Now is the time that we can come to the Lord. Here it says in verse 1 of Isaiah 55. Ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. 
And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And why are your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. Wow, what an amazing picture. And I just feel led even right now that we can just take a moment. I wanna pray if any of us are feeling a heaviness, an emptiness in our spirit that we just want to come to him and we're thirsty and we haven't been able to feel his Holy Spirit, I'm gonna pray for us all right now that he would do a new thing in the name of Jesus and fill us if we're thirsty. Lord, I pray based on your promise here through Isaiah and in so many other places in your word that Lord, you're asking us to come to you and ask for an infilling of your Holy Spirit to fill us, to change us. Now is the time for us to deal with whatever it might be. Lord, fill us. Fill us with something new. Pastor Dan uh, taught us about your understanding. We ask you for that understanding. Holy Spirit, show us so that we know and understand your love for us right now in this moment. Lord, I come against any condemnation, shame, heaviness, anything from the enemy that would lie and keep your people back from your greatness in the name of Jesus and that you would break through and change. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords and your word is everlasting. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, I just pray that this encourages you, that you will go to the word yourself and ask the Lord to show you this is not about having everything all together. This is about having our relationship primary and first, walking in the freedom of the Lord, walking in his, his joy, expecting him to speak, expecting him to, to show us his ways. And I wanna be like these five virgins who were prudent and say, Lord, I'm ready, I'm excited. And I hope you will too. So we thank you again for joining us. We pray that, the Lord will make this come alive to you, and uh, we will continue with our last message in, uh, in the following weekend. So we love you guys. Have a great rest of your week.